Hi, I'm uh, Tom Meyer, and I'm the president and CEO of Archer Exploration. We're a leading nickel uh, exploration and development company um, with focus on Canada. Or we've got uh, two very interesting uh, pieces of our portfolio, one with our Grisette project in Quebec, and then we've got a large land package of uh, nickel exploration projects in the Sudbury camp. Tom, thank you very much for the introduction. Good to have you on Crux. It's your first time, I believe. Um, but um, we haven't seen each other for an awfully long time. And I think the last time I saw you, we were, we were playing silly games in Lubumbashi in a, in, a, in a hotel bar in the Congo. That's correct. Yes, yes. Back in the day, I was a mining analyst and uh, crawling around the world looking for interesting projects and following up on projects that, uh, that I've looked at and followed. And uh, Congo at the time, when we were there was uh, quite the exciting place for in terms of uh, exploration opportunities uh, and, and, and growth opportunities and look where we are today with the, the production that uh, is growing on the copper and the cobalt side of that country amazing yeah 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 amazing amazing development but that was that was a good 10 years ago so um um archer exploration um it's a new venture for you what have you been perhaps could you give a kind of a background to the viewer the listener uh to who you are and where you've come from in terms of apart from being a mining analyst in the congo 10 years ago yeah yeah prior to becoming a mining analyst i was actually uh a, met, a, a practicing metallurgist i worked for a number of consulting companies and even prior to that i w worked for uh, Inco, as it was known at the time, which is Valet uh, in Sudbury. I also worked for Falconbridge, which at the time now it's 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 now Glencore. Uh, so I worked in the, the on the mineral processing front um, and did quite a bit of traveling. And then, as you mentioned, uh, entered the mining analyst field and, and did that covered Latin America, uh, covered sub-Saharan Africa um, projects in Canada, around the world. And uh, re actually retired from doing that a number of years ago and then got excited again when I, I did a, a very interesting project for a large, uh, well-known Canadian company, did some commodity analysis and, and modeling just as a independent review of what was happening in the kind of the green decarbonization uh, energy trend space. And uh, that was about a six-month project, which concluded, at, 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 became very plain that there's a shortage of metals uh, to actually decarbonize. And I got really excited and actually pulled myself out of this quote-unquote retirement and um, uh, did a little bit more work and then and joined Archer uh, when this nickel asset deal was put together, joined Archer September of last year. Um, so very excited about the portfolio and very excited about kind of the macro backdrop of where these uh, this commodity trend is, is headed over the next few years. So it's kind of a, it, it's right up your boulevard, so to speak. It's, it's kind of a synthesis of uh, three key things. One is a kind of a nickel um, heritage, kind of a technical metallurgical understanding of um, mineral processing and, and nickel minerals in Canada. Uh, the other is analyzing companies and market um, valuations and how companies work and seeing the um, the successes and the failures along that um, rather challenging road um, and then the third is actually having faith in the kind of the energy transition the fundamental supply demand situation in which we find ourselves with these kind of critical minerals coming through when when I first started looking at Archer as the, and the portfolio of assets and you know with with the kind of that critical mining analyst hat on, uh, it, it, it 
ticked all the boxes. And then in, to take it to a higher level uh, from the very critical and, and <laughs> mineral processors and metallurgists to, tend to be, uh, they, they look for the, where, where the holes are in the, in the, in, in the story. Cause a lot of times you could have a great discovery, but then you have challenged metallurgy and, uh, in this case, uh, the kind of the metallurgy on the Grisette project kind of checked out and it, it became, at least in, in my view, not to, not to be too flippant, but it was almost like a no brainer. You've got this asset package that, it, that is ripe for unlocking value. Uh, and then you, when you look at all the risks factors, not just the political risk, uh, we're in, we're on Ontario and Quebec, which, which is great. But from a technical challenge standpoint, uh, on the metallurgy side, uh, we could they move these things forward. So it becomes very tangible uh, outcome. Uh, it, just doing our work uh, over the next few years and just defining and de-risking, uh, we've got something here that is uh, very, very attractive from a portfolio context standpoint. Um, let's let's touch on that. Let's um, let's talk about the asset very briefly. And I, I do want to kind of go back up into the corporate world again, but. Um, um, within Archer, you've got the you've got a portfolio of assets around Sudbury, but your flagship asset is Grasset, and it's in the Abitibi, in the um, mostly in Quebec, or is it in Ontario? It's it, it's, it's all it's, in actually it's the Abitibi Greenstones in Quebec, uh, so it is off the highway, just north of Rouen, Randa, or Amos. Uh, if people know that part of Quebec, it's it is off the highway. Yeah, and it's it's got, got a, it hasn't got a kind of a big history of exploration. Um, I think I seen in one of your presentations that it was just one season of drilling, and it was a kind of an accidental discovery, and it was Balmoral, and then Balmoral was bought by Woolbridge, and then Woolbridge was focused on the gold, and so it became non-core, and that's how it kind of it came out yeah no that's a great summary and i i think to just to to, to lay on the, the this this discovery aspect of it because this is a 2012 discovery which is quite fascinating because the the, the previous owner they were exploring for gold uh around the sunday lake deformation which is a famous gold trend in the abitibi um and they did a step out uh i think it was about a 500 meter step out uh, from from a drilling a gold target and um they accidentally <laughs> they accidentally discovered nickel uh and that's 2012 and it's quite fascinating because uh it, it's like this is the, the the beauty of this business is that you do have these serendipitous discoveries and uh that just come out of nowhere and surprise. Uh, obviously, it surprised Balmoral and the work that they did, you know, subsequent uh, to get to, to the drilling that was done to get to that five and a half million ton uh, resource. Um, that there's there's more to find, and it, it, this is an unfinished uh, project. So we're we're eager to continue the great work that was done by the previous owner, Balmoral, and, and Darren Wagner and his team, um, and and move it forward, um, and uh, just bringing that intelligence that they, they developed and, and using our channels of contacts within industry and our technical advisory committee to de-risk and, and better understand and add, add more nickel units uh, to the project. David Wagner, that name rings a bell. Where's he now? D Darren Wagner. So uh, yeah, he's Darren involved Wagner, with, Darren Wagner. Dar yeah, Darren Wagner. Yeah. He's involved with a number of, uh, of, of projects and he's doing some uh, consulting. So uh, we, we will, we'll be seeing him again. Yeah. Um, um, and in the um, kind of corporate trajectory, it was bought by Woolbridge in 2020. Is that right? Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. 
So and and then there was the pandemic, and they must have realized at some point that they were that they're on Fenelon, aren't, aren't they? And um, correct. Um, yes. So it, it was it kind of a product of the pandemic that the Archie portfolio kind of came came through. Uh, you know, part 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 of it. Uh, but it was the I, Walbridge's focus on their gold portfolio and the, that extensive Fenelon camp and the. Uh, and the work that they've done was moving it towards more of a gold-focused company. So their base metal assets were uh, with the nickel portfolio for there's the Sudbury, the old Sudbury Walbridge portfolio, and uh, and Grisette, uh not being non-core to the company. Um, and the the Archer deal was one where uh, Walbridge could retain some upside. They own 19.9 percent uh, of Archer. Uh, and they have two board seats, so they do retain some upside. Uh, but this was a way for them to unlock value and, and a, a tremendous amount of value uh, within that nickel portfolio, which, which allowed the team, their, the Walbridge team, to focus on gold and allowed Archer to put together a team which is focused on uh, nickel sulfides. So it was a, it was a great, great deal. What does the what's the shareholder register look like now? Because the, the, the deal was contingent on raising $10 million. What was the kind of pro forma um, what was that ten million dollars in terms of the the enlarged um, uh, share cap of the of the of the company? Yeah. So so the way that it worked from from day one is essentially the the Newco Archer Group uh, owned fifteen percent of the the Newco, and eighty five percent was the old Walbridge, and so. Walbridge retained 19.9% interest, and the balance of those shares were was a return of capital, so a dividend and specie to the Walbridge uh, shareholders. So essentially, okay. our, our register looks like we've got 19.9% owned uh, Walbridge, and then we've retained, uh, let, let's call it 45, 50% of those top shareholders of Walbridge. They're on the, the Archer register and, and, and supportive. And then the balance would be um, the, the groups that we brought in through the financing, uh, raising the $10 million back in, we, we closed that in November of, of last year. And then the, then there's the retail component that would, which would be uh, mostly comprised of the, uh, of, of the old uh, kind of the Walbridge uh, uh, retail shareholders. The good news is that the asset is, is great and it's in Quebec and nickel demand is going forward. The bad news is that the share price has been under pressure and then the nickel market the kind of the uh, it's not just you it's it's uh junior mining in general it's a risk off period it's been a really really tough time for the market um in i've i've seen a deal like this before i've seen number numerous deals where companies kind of you get a, a dividend payout in specie and really effectively what this is this is value presented to the shareholder which they didn't have beforehand and they keep the original and they sell the um uh, they sell the free one um do you do you feel that you're you've been under pressure because of that some of that kind of retail selling or do you think that the share price performance is just in line with the tough junior markets that we've experienced yeah it, it's it definitely a combination of the two um and one would normally expect a, a shareholder churn with with this type of transaction where yeah Walbridge was uh primarily focused on gold and the base metal was non-core and you, you you're well aware of you've got these attraction with the gold guys that own gold and they're not so fancied on uh the base metal side so that natural churns is part of it and it it, it it's, it's ongoing but certainly it's, it's we've noticed uh when those shares became free trading 
uh, around March 20th of this year that we've we've seen some of the volume volumes pick up and it looks like that natural churn. But at the same time, this this macro and you said it, this risk off uh, that we're on right now that's hit um, the the uh, kind of exploration focused companies without cash flow um, and the smaller cap names have been disproportionately hit uh, over the last uh, well. I would I would say for over the last year, but over the last few months in particular, and it, it's been a, across all uh, commodity space. Uh, whether you look at gold, silver, copper, nickel focused names, etc., um, you know it, it's just been it, it's unfortunate to see, but it's it's part of the cycle. And it, with that, it brings opportunities for those uh, that are looking for you know longer term and and focused on what, where the size of the prize is uh, sticking with this trade over the longer term. For sure. Yes. So the investor really now, if you've got cash as an investor, you've got the you've the you've got a whole range of options ahead of you. You know, you've got so many companies which have got bombed out valuations. Um, the, lots of things are cheap. The, the the key thing is trying to identify the things which are going to be uh, going to bounce back in terms of of value. Before we get on to um, the things that you can control and what you're going to do as a company can you just give me kind of a your take on the on the macro nickel environment because i i i hear that there's kind of quite a lot of supply coming through in indonesia um there's some new uh hpal processing techniques that's going to um enable uh lower cost production to come through do, do, do you I, I know you did the kind of analysis of of nickel longer term but have you been surprised by the amount of nickel supply that's come out or weakness in demand you know in the in the current fundamentals of the market yeah yeah I, and again i think the, these fundamentals in the short term are just just more uh weighed down by growth concerns and with that growth concern in concert with the growth that we're seeing out of some of the laterite projects, particularly in Indonesia and uh, some of the Chinese-backed companies uh, and projects that are are advancing new sources of supply, you know, that, that, those, those two combined certainly weighed on the nickel price. And I think nickel is down about 34% year to date. Uh, so certainly a short term, but it, it, it doesn't really solve the longer term uh, nickel conundrum. And so the laterites have their applications. Uh, our nickel sulfides uh, are you know, very likely like it's a class one project with a very, very low carbon intensity. So when you look at it from a in, in in light of some of the um, environmental concerns of, of, of nickel projects and, and then you look at the political risk uh, profiles and the ownership and supply chains, uh, having nickel sulfides in Canada that are of sufficient grade where they are low, very, very, very low carbon footprint, um, it becomes much more attractive from a kind of demand story for that segment of the, the that 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 type of nickel in the nickel market and i think merlin i think it's it's worth pointing out that this nickel market has changed um and and morphed over the the last call it 15 20 years where we've had that conventional sources of nickel through sulfides and the development of laterites and different uh, processing technologies um which you know have their uses and and in, in kind of crowded out uh, um uh some of the more conventional sources but 
Uh, we'll see the yeah, demand for some of the more high purity nickel type products, which our, our projects can deliver into. Um, and then we'll see, uh, you know, ongoing development, but I'm, I'm not convinced that the solution to the shortage of nickel 10 years from now is going to be all laterite. I think we're going to see a lot of sulfides, whether it's ours in Canada or Western Australia or potentially new regions that, um, historically have just been hindered by political risk that uh, we haven't seen the d development. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I, I'm so with you on that. You know, when people talk about the, 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 the laterites and the growing nickel supply, and I think, have you any idea of the environmental damage of those nickel laterites in um, Southeast Asia and the marine tailings disposal and just and high pressure acid leach? And I just think, oh, my goodness, this is a, this is a, just a um, it's a disaster in in processing i mean it's i know that there are some new techniques coming out but let's see what they actually deliver in terms of environmental cost and um actual um financial cost as well um so yeah no, i'm a huge fan of a good clean <laughs> nickel sulfide in <laughs> in a stable jurisdiction you know that they, they it's um they are not the same product even though in the short term it does feed into the same kind of global bathtub of nickel um but yeah, I mean, it, a class one nickel is different from a kind of a high pressure acid leach kind of mm -hmm. ferronickel um, product. Yes. So let's let's focus now on um, what you can control. You've got a six million dollar exploration budget this year, I believe. Um, Grasset, you've put out some drill results already, so you're drilling. Um, tell me more about what's going on on the ground, William. What the plan is for the year? Oh, so yeah, uh, Merlin. The the plan for the year is to. Uh, define and grow the resource at uh, Grisette. Uh, so out of the gate with that uh, exploration program, so we, to, to define the dollars, about 6.2 million of flow-through dollars to be spent in Quebec on Grisette and a million to be spent on our uh, Sudbury package. But that 6.2 million is a combination of, uh, out of the gate, the geophysics. Um, it is also, uh, we ran a sonic drilling program. So uh, what is sonic? Sonic drilling is we've got uh, glacial till that covers the Grisette project uh, between 60 and 85 meters deep of glacial till. So I'll just picture sand and rocks and boulders and things like that. So the sonic drill will drill to the base of the till and will collect uh, geochem samples, which, which we'd, we'd normally do if this was outcropping or near surface, uh, you would have people just climbing through the bush and uh, collecting those uh, just by, you know, to, with a little shovel. Uh, because it's buried, we, we, we're using a sonic drill. So we drill down and collect the base of till. And then we drill the first few meters uh, of the rock to get some uh, rock, um, un, uh, you know, because this doesn't outcrop, we've got to do some geology work. So th that, that work has been completed. And then uh, in February, we started a, a, a deep drilling program and with the objective of uh, chasing this uh, grisette ore body uh, deeper. And this is a very interesting ore body, and a picture's worth a thousand words, and I recommend people go to our website as we further develop uh, content uh, just to show that this, is, this type of nickel deposit is contained in a conduit, in a pipe, um, so, uh, we believe that this pipe, this, this conduit was once horizontal, now tilted vertically, 
So with a almost vertical uh, orientation, drilling at depth, we believe will add that and grow that resource at depth. And uh, kind of a testament to that, uh, about uh, two, I guess it's three weeks ago now, we put out a press release, which kind of confirms uh, our thesis that there's there's more to be found. Uh, so we put out a pretty, I, I believe, a pretty exciting uh, drill intercept uh, where it was 1.82% 1, 1. nickel. Uh, that's just the nickel content. And that's well above the resource grade of 1.22 uh, of the nickel. But uh, uh, And that's just located around 330 meters uh, at depth. And it kind of opens up a new zone for us to further follow up. So uh, yeah, the objective with Grisette is to grow uh, the resource and, uh, and, and, and define the more nickel units uh, to better define this project. Thank you. When you talk about nickel equivalent and... Um... What what are the other value minerals in there? What, do you, what what's carrying the 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 value? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mentioned nickel equivalent. So our nickel equivalent is one point five three percent nickel equivalent. The nickel content, the nickel grade on its own, is one point two two. So that that delta, the, that 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 extra point three percent, includes uh, cobalt, copper, platinum, and palladium. And I think what's important is um, to, to recognize is that nickel equivalent adjusts for the recoveries. Our, our calculation of nickel equivalent uh, adjusts for the recoveries of those byproducts, and it also adjusts for the payabilities of those byproducts. So you can have those wonderful things in your resource, but un unless you're able to recover them, um, it, it, you, you've got to account for that when you're, when you're, uh, calculating your, your nickel equivalent. Uh, so I refer back to both, uh, we are 1.22 and we've got the 1.53% nickel equivalent. So 1.22 is our, the nickel content of, uh, of the resource. And you've taken, um, I, I hope a suitably conservative approach to payability and, correct. um, based on kind of in your industry experience. Correct. 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 Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. There's no, there's no point sugarcoating it now. I need to be kind of um, have the plaster ripped off uh, if I mix my metaphors uh, in, in the future. <laughs> so that, that's, it's, 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 a, it's a subtle thing, but it's important. When you, when, as we're doing, we're, we're defining a real project here and to, to account uh, for, for all the metals and how they deport to different uh, pieces and end up as revenue at the end of the day, uh, we're you know, being very careful that we understand uh, what we can actually extract and what makes it economic in the end. And that's very, very important for, for an early stage project. Just to go back to the sonic drilling, um, it, it's not a technique that I'm used to because normally uh, when, I, when I've come across kind of um, glacial till, people kind of stop um, doing base of till samples when the till thickness kind of goes much beyond 15, maybe 20 meters because it's... You have cobbles in there. You have big boulders. It's, you get mush. You get mud. It's it's a really tricky thing to to get through. So um, it's nice to see that you've got that innovative approach to um, sonic drilling. Did you do it on a grid, or did you use logging tracks, or you know what what def what um, defined your approach to the the kind of the um, the process? So um, yeah, it was a, co a combination. So we identified the flow of ice um, uh, through the the last uh, kind of the, the cold season where we had glaciers covering and in that deposited that till. So from the direction of ice and understanding where our our uh, the, the the kind of the surface projection of our mineralized zones are, 
uh, and then used the access roads that were already in place to kind of develop a signature. So we know the direction of the ice. Uh, we can take our base of till samples. We kind of develop a signature over the top of our deposit and and in the direction of the flow and from the flow of, of, of the glaciers. Uh, and then we'll use that knowledge to then take it up uh, along this wonderful 23-kilometer claim block trend that we have uh, to explore and, and, and target uh, other uh, drill uh, sites. And it, this is a way for us uh, in the way that the industry uh, can focus in on and just save money in the end uh, on the cost of drilling and targeting uh, because these nickel geology, as you know, Merlin, very complicated, very challenging. It's, the, it's finding that needle in the haystack. So using available techniques, proven mm. techniques, and this t this technique, I think, for 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 many people, if they're familiar with the Anglo's the Sakati uh, project in Finland, uh, that's what they used uh, to help target a similar situation of being buried under under that till. Uh, so we're using um, the best available technology that we can to help us uh, keep our costs and our exploration dollars uh, well spent. In in your presentation materials, you talk about kind of um, lens. Um, uh, it's H1 and H3, and effectively, uh, you, these look like kind of pencils, kind of subvertical pencils that you're you're drilling out, and you're you, you you're now coming into it with a a pilot hole, a mother hole, and then you're going to have lots of daughter holes off it, in which to target this at depth. In your 23 kilometers, you're looking for more signals of this popping out. Kind of, you're basically looking for um, uh, bullseye signatures, which you can then 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 target. Is is, is that really what you're looking for? Exactly, and then then and what the one the wonderful thing is, so Grisette with this resource and in kind of developing our geologic model of this trend, uh, and using that as a jumping off point. And what's absolutely fascinating, exciting for us is that there is just seven kilometers away, there appears to be another Grisette type uh, style of of, of deposit. Uh, in this case. The grisette kind of, um, you know, from the width of call it 200 to 250 meters of favorable stratigraphy to, to kind of define this conduit, this pipe. There is another one seven kilometers away that we call GUC Central. So Grisette Ultramafic Complex Central uh, discovered in 2018. There's only nine drill holes in into it, but that has 950 meters of favorable stratigraphy. So you know, four times bigger. Um, and so we're excited to be following up on that, uh, probably next year. We won't get to it this year. Um, but it, but, but that, that, that understanding of, of the orientation of these deposits and, and how they form and, and then using the information that we garner from our, our Grisette project to help us, uh, with, uh, further, uh, others, like a string of pearls kind of thinking that this, this trend is Grisette's just the starting point and there's, there's multiple other type along that 23 kilometer trend and at Grisette you've got five point um so, sorry five point how many um 5.5 million tons yes 5.5 million tons in the first 600 meters and you're drilling you're basically going to double the your, your intersection depth underneath it aren't you that's the plan for this year yeah co correct so we'll go down to 1200 to 1500 meters uh, ultimately at depth so yeah the, the resource is defined like five, call it 550 to 600 meters um, and below that, it's all open. And what, what's fascinating, again, is uh, there, there was a hole that was drilled in 2018 that was down to 775 meters, and that was 2.76% nickel. 
So more to be found at depth. And again, thinking of it as a pipe, this is a conduit. Um, and you know, there, you know, there'll be some complexities with shearing and, and faulting within that, that pipe. But for the most part, uh, this pipe, you've got this nickel, uh, sulfide concentrations kind of contained within this zone. So it's, it's just a matter of defining and looking for pockets where you could have the settling out of the, the massive sulfides into, into some, some pretty interesting zones. And, and we do have intercepts, uh, from prior drilling of, you know, up to 14%, uh, nickel, which is absolutely exciting, but we need more of that. And, and, and we're doing our best to find more of that. <laughs> so, so what's the, what's the, um, um, the, the, uh, the hoped for the planned delivery of news flow or the catalyst that you, th- that you're looking to deliver to the market for the rest of the year. We're pretty much in the middle of the year now, um, You've got another six months and then, you know, what, what, what do you want to give to the market in the next six months? So over the next uh, six months, what we're, we're paused, uh, right now because of the fi- forest fire situation in, oh, in Quebec. Of course. So we, we are paused and we were into our fifth hole halfway through our, our, our fifth hole. Uh, and we, that's been paused, uh, looking to go back to work, uh, shortly, uh, with the go ahead from the government and some of the restrictions being lifted. Um, and so the balance of this year, we'll see more of our, our drill results, uh, a few more holes. Um, we'll have more geophysics uh, to announce and, um, de- depending on how backed up the labs are and the, the, with, I mentioned the sonic drilling, getting the assays back and getting that work back, uh, is, is, is uh, that, that could be towards the, the end of this year. Uh, and then we've got a, a mobile MT survey which is a geophysical technique which uh, allows us to look kind of deep it's a technique that uh, sees deep uh, under underground so um, we'll be flying a, a mobile MT uh, geophysical survey uh, over the next uh, short while but we're, we're waiting for air support because of the the, the forest fires are they've commandeered the uh, I thought you're going to be doing um a fixed loop on the ground. Um, I thought you, I thought it was a ground survey, not an airborne one. Yeah, we've got no that ground survey is 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 done. Uh, but we'll, okay. this is in addition to that ground survey, correct? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that part of that ground loop is also related to the the borehole uh, EM work that we're doing as well, uh, looking for other plates uh, through through the holes. Yes. So you're doing downhole EM on what you drill as well. Correct. Yes. But the, the mobile okay. MT will be interesting because uh, it's, it, be, it hasn't been done before and it, it allows us to see deeper. Uh, and then again, combine that with the mobile MT, combine that with the, 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 the sonic drill results and that, that should help um, refine and define some very interesting drilling targets over the next few years. But um, that'll define the, the 2024 program. And then uh, kind of wrapping up, I guess, with your analyst's hat on. Um <laughs> You know, um, how how should we value a company that's that's doing exploration, and and what is fair value? Uh, uh, yeah, what what is fair value? It's always it's relative to where the market is. But I would I would point to from from a like stepping way back from a scarcity standpoint, where can you find low risk nickel units, and uh, where are the prospective areas? Uh, this is a 2012 discovery. Uh, there's uh, work that was done subsequent to 2012 is just literally scratching the surface. So we've got uh, a resource of, of, of kind of call it nickel pounds in the ground that is, is ready to go. So I think most analysts or geologists, those favorably inclined can do some rough math and, and figure out uh, just based on grisette deposit on its own, uh, how big that could get just it go, from going and driving that resource from 
550, 600 meters down to 1500 meters, uh, assuming you're making assumptions for some continuity there. Uh, and then making um, idea, having some ideas about what else we could find, like Central, for example, uh, 950 meters of favorable stratigraphy. So if there's more, so certainly from a pounds in the ground standpoint, uh, and then using that, jumping over to some of the transactions that were, were recently completed, whether it was uh, Wailu for Noront or a very interesting project in Western Australia, Cannon Resources uh, disappeared um, last fall. Uh, and those uh, takeout values uh, gets you to a pretty compelling valuation for Grisette. And then when you look at our portfolio, which we, we haven't spoken about uh, in Sudbury, um, you get a building up of value and optionality um, that, that really adds to uh, our kind of view of, and I'm sure many other companies share that view of being undervalued. But when you line everything up of where we are, political risk, uh, opportunities to find more, both in at, in Quebec and, and also in Ontario at Sudbury, um, you can kind of build up a, a very compelling value case uh, for for Archer. Tom, I think we're going to have to go into that another time. I'm going to um, we'll have to look at the comps, we'll have to look at the past transactions. But um, thank you very much for that summary. It's and it's really interesting to get that uh, introduction to the company. Yeah, well, thank you for your time, Merlin. Really appreciate the enjoyed this conversation.